0: Diocese of Churches, for the sake of others, is pleased to present the C4SO podcast, a place to celebrate the voices and values of C4SO. C4SO is a National Diocese of the Anglican Church in North America, led by Bishop Todd Hunter. You can learn more about us at c4so.org.
1: Hello, everybody. Welcome again to the C4SO podcast. I'm your host, Ben Sternke. Today we're continuing our series uh, on Melodies of Hope, Hymns from Advent, and Christmastide where we have enlisted worship leaders and songwriters and thinkers from around C4SO and beyond to tell us about a favorite Advent or Christmas hymn and to give us a fresh take on on our familiar canon of carols. And so our guest today is Katie Fox, who is the Arts Ministry Leader at Christ Church Austin. She is a musician by training and has experience as a choral director, a worship leader, and a mezzo-soprano soloist. She's also a writer and has a background in art history and theater. She is currently pursuing a Master of Arts at Fuller Seminary, focusing on the intersection of faith and the arts, and she is married with two wonderful daughters. Katie, welcome to the C4SO podcast.
2: Thank you. It's good to be here.
1: Is there anything else that we should know about you that you'd like for us to know about you uh, before we dive in?
2: Uh, I don't think so.
1: Okay, um, very good. Yeah. I, I appreciate you uh, spending some time with us today. Uh, so tell us about the hymn that you selected and why it's one of your favorites.
2: I selected Hark the Herald, Angels Sing.
1: Mm.
2: Um, I have loved this Christmas song for... My whole life, especially the past twenty years or so, I would say, though, since I was um, kind of in my early to mid twenties, and um, the more I've learned about it, the more I've begun uh, come to love it more. Hmm. So um, I can talk more, you know. Yeah, about yeah, why we'll talk I,
1: more about what you've learned about it here yeah. uh, in a second. Yeah, it's um, so some of the some of the hymns that we've selected are sort of you know, classics. We've we've done O Come, O Come, Emmanuel, you know, Mm -hmm. and some of those kinds of hymns. But I've actually been, it's been uh, interesting to see other people have picked uh, fairly uh, lesser known hymns, at least, Mm -hmm. you know, so we've had I Wonder As I Wander and uh, different things like that that aren't necessarily, I don't know, they don't come uh, immediately to the surface when we think about Advent and Christmas. But Hark the Herald Angels Sing, this Mm -hmm. is like Christmas hymn extraordinaire, you know, right. uh, this is the, the shepherds and the angels and all of that kind of thing. So, um, I'm actually eager to hear uh, more about this hymn because it is very familiar uh, mm-hmm. to me and I think to a lot of our listeners. Uh, what should we know about this hymn's historical context? Uh,
2: there's there's a lot, actually, that's pretty interesting about the historical context. Hmm. Um, so, it was written by Charles Wesley, okay. the lyrics, which, um, if you Know if you don't, uh, most people probably know Charles Wesley wrote so many of our favorite hymns, right.
3: yeah.
2: uh, especially in the Anglican church Arise, my soul, arise, "O for a thousand tongues, lo, he comes with cause descending, come That long expected. Jesus, so many, yeah, he's a great hymn writer, and yeah. um, and I love many of his hymns. Mm-hmm. Um, so he wrote it around 1740 okay. and um, he it was slightly altered. Um, from from the original text, he wrote it with actually the first line saying, "Hark! How all the welkin rings, glory mm. to the King of Kings." So the mm. welkin, I think, refers oh, okay. to kind of like the the vault of heaven.
1: Oh, okay.
2: So yeah. it was sort of like this picture he created of of sort of the ceiling, the vault of heaven, sort of. Resounding with this loud ringing of glory uh, to the King of Kings, and um, so it's kind of interesting that we don't know it that way anymore because hmm. um, his colleague George Whitefield is the one who altered it when he published a he published um, in 1754, so about 15 years later, okay. he published a book of Christmas carols and hymns, and he altered the line without Charles Wesley's permission. Oh. And Charles Wesley, from what I understand, was really angry about it.
1: <laughs> okay, wow. The drama behind this hymn.
2: Yes, he didn't like okay. it. He, he, yeah. he was pretty uh, unhappy. And uh, the story goes that he refused to sing the, the new line. <laughs> wow. wow. So, um, there's a little so, drama there.
1: <laughs> okay, yeah, a little drama. Do you know, I don't know if this is in the historical record or not, do you know if he just didn't like the fact that it was changed or if he didn't like the, the line itself?
2: Actually, both. He thought okay. that he thought that it, the new line, um, "Hark the Herald Angels Sing," having a specific reference to angels, wasn't exactly what the biblical text says in his mind. Oh, okay. I right. guess according to the translation he was reading, he felt like it says a heavenly host right. is who's saying, but he didn't want to name that heavenly host as being specifically angels.
1: I see. I so. See.
2: He was very particular about that. Yeah, very particular
1: <laughs> about the the uh, the language there. Fascinating. Yes.
3: Yeah.
2: And then remember. the other thing that's interesting is that he didn't really um the tune that he wanted to pair his words his text with was a different tune than we sing today. Hmm. I can't <clears throat> I'm not sure what it was, but it apparently it was something much more slow and solemn. Okay. And he didn't he thought that that was what would be appropriate for this text. I see. But yes. The tune that we sing today was actually written a um, hundred years after Wesley wrote the text, okay. and it was written by Felix Mendelssohn, the ger- right. German composer. Uh-huh. And he wrote the he wrote it um, with different text. It was a piece he composed um, for choir and orchestra in. This celebration in Leipzig, Germany, for the 400th anniversary of the Gutenberg um, oh. movable type system, okay, yeah, printing yeah. system. So yeah. it was this big citywide celebration, and he composed this piece. Um,
1: huh. It was just as an instrumental. It was an instrumental piece
2: and choir, instrumental okay. and choir, and it had other other words. It was sort of praising. Uh, Germany praising the fatherland, praising Gutenberg, all of these, you know, much more secular texts. It was like a
1: patriotic German song. Yes, yes, yes.
2: And so it wasn't until, so that was in 1840, and then it wasn't until 1855 that a music minister in England paired
3: Hmm.
2: Mendelssohn's music with Wesley's text. Interesting. To have the Christmas carol that we now know today as Park the the Herald. That's what we know today. That is a
1: fascinating story. everybody. Welcome once again to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight, where we highlight the specific ministry that we're praying for this week in our diocesan cycle of prayer. And this week we're praying for Good Shepherd Anglican Church in Longview, Texas, led by the Reverend Britt Norvell. And he has joined us to share briefly about what's going on right now and how we can pray specifically for them. Britt, welcome back to the C4SO Cycle of Prayer Spotlight.
0: Thanks, Ben. Good to be here.
1: Let's dive right in. What's something that you are encouraged by right now that you see happening at uh, Good Shepherd?
0: I am encouraged by what I what feels like a deepening and growing uh, community, uh, a a deepening of our community as a people. Um, Mm. Not necessarily new folks. Um, We have some relatively, I say, new folks, but. They've been or everybody's kind of been around for a while but it just feels like we've we've entered this season where there's a deepening trust and and a a deepening of time together um, a mm-hmm. desire for more time together and I think that gets at kind of another encouragement which is the sort of rhythms of advent and just it feels yeah. like we've got kind of some new rhythms uh at the mm-hmm. moment and I'm grateful for that.
1: Yeah, that's very good. Connection and rhythm. Um what's a what's a challenge that uh, you all are facing right now?
0: I think the the biggest challenge for us is just that it's been a year of losses. Um, And Mm. uh, whether it's, we've had a death in our church. Um, My family experienced a couple of friends and family members who died. Uh, And then we've also just experienced some severed relationships uh, with other churches. Hmm. no real animosity, just kind of movement, um, from a diocesan diocesan standpoint of churches that we had relationships with. And so it's just felt like a season of loss and, uh, it's been difficult, uh, and, uh, something for us to kind of lean into again in the rhythm of Advent, naming those losses.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I appreciate you sharing that. Um, and, uh, it strikes me too that that that's probably connected as well to these rhythms that you're talking about in Advent and also the, the sense of community, um, that we can, when we can share those things with one another, it does, uh, grow a sense of community uh, to have to walk through things like that. So, um, any other specific prayer requests that you'd want to share with uh, listeners?
0: Um, I think uh, one would be just a sort of really deep sense of the presence of the Lord with us, the Spirit among us, especially in this season of Advent where we're naming and declaring all the ways that the world is not right, but also praying for Mm -hmm. God to make it right, um, that we would be aware of His presence, but also um, just practically some discernment uh, and wisdom as we do end of year, first year budgeting and some conversations about new physical space, uh, and just ways to call people into that deepening community. So,
1: Okay. Well, thanks for sharing all this with us, Britt, and great to have you back. Thanks for joining us.
0: Great to be here. Thanks for having me.
1: Listeners, if you'd like to find out more about Good Shepherd or to contribute to their work, check out the link in the show notes. was thinking about um charles wesley's desire for i don't know what the what the tune is um that he wanted it to be sung to but the fact that you said it was like a somber Mm -hmm. a more somber tune i find that interesting because this is one of our more you know you can almost hear horns like it's it's like this joyful (laughs) melody right Mm -hmm. um uh, and very happy, and very—I um, don't know. That's that's how it feels to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but you yeah. know, you read that story about the angels singing, the heavenly host, and the the shepherds are terrified. You know, like right. the, that's <laughs> that's what's going on here is like terror uh, um, in the shepherds. And so maybe a, a more solemn uh, tune might be appropriate for the story. Um, so that's interesting.
2: Yeah, it's funny because my husband and I always joke. He he doesn't like it if the song. Is too triumphant yeah and yeah, yeah. except in certain occasions when it's really the perfect
3: like and he's yes. and we say this is it
2: this is the perfect song that's triumphant we, we feel triumphant for the it for the Christmas yeah. season it's yes. it's just a very triumphant joyful kind of Christmas song yeah
1: so. <laughs> <laughs> very good it is it's true um so how, how about the musical or poetic structure we talked a l- structure we've talked a little bit about the the melody but what else should we know about this hymn
2: well, it's just, um, it's it's written in the basic sort of hymn structure, you know, um, three. It actually had five verses. Those last two have sort of gone the way of history. You can still find them, but we don't ever sing them anymore. So, it's just the the basic, um, you know, verse.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But they did uh, in, let's see, when did that happen? In, um, oh, now I can't remember when it happened. Oh, maybe in the late, late 1700s. Um, they added, repeating that those two lines, Hark the Herald Angels Sing Glory to the New Working King, at the end of each verse, the way we sing okay. it today. Yeah, yeah. It's so kind it of kind, of, yeah, it's kind of, yes, yeah. kind of made it more like a refrain. Um, so yeah. that part wasn't originally in there as Wesley wrote it. but mm-hmm. um, it just brings back that idea each time. And so, um, yeah, other than that, it's a pretty it's a pretty standard kind of hymn structure. Yeah, um, but I do think it's interesting that the tune, the music, was written to celebrate the the man that invented movable type printing hmm. and made yeah. made the printing of the Bible possible, hmm. and and Charles Wesley himself was such a devoted. Um, clergyman and theologian, and so committed to, yeah. you know, spreading the gospel, and it just seems yeah. kind of perfect that those two are now married yeah. in this one, yeah, Carol, yeah. yeah,
1: and even the even the text, even the story of the text, right, is is angels proclaiming the birth right. of Jesus. You know, the King exactly. has been born, and so right. um, pairing that with uh, that tune and Wesley's text um, and Wesley's, you know, life and calling. Um, I think that is an interesting confluence of mm-hmm. uh, the good news being proclaimed, maybe yeah. as a poetic theme. Um, so what uh, what's a word of good news uh, that this hymn speaks to us today? What can we be thinking about as we sing it, maybe, uh, this Christmas? Yeah,
2: I, and that's one thing, like you said at the beginning, this is such a uh, well-known
1: mm-hmm.
2: Christmas hymn that we tend to just sort of sing without thinking yeah. about it necessarily, yeah. but um, I love that this, I love the lyrics, I love the theology, I'm kind of a theology nerd, uh-huh. and I love the the way that, uh, you know, I think Wesley, he's, he's so gifted at being concise and mm-hmm. saying um, so much with so little, and the way that he just, the gospel, it's the yeah. gospel, it's so, mm-hmm. and each verse gets better. And mm. so the first verse is, you know, very specifically about this heavenly host and the angels right. and the triumph of the skies and all of that. But then, in the second and especially third verse verses, he gets a lot more theologically yeah. uh, rich and in depth, and yeah. th- just these lines about um, veiled in flesh, the Godhead see, hail mm. the incarnate deity, mm. pleased as man with men to dwell. Jesus R. Emmanuel. So that's still, yeah, yeah. Um, so that's still a, a bit of like a Christmassy context, but bringing the gospel in. And then in the third verse, you really get the full gospel and you get
3: hmm.
2: more of the resurrection. Mild he lays his glory by, born that man no more may die, born to raise the sons of earth, born to give us second birth. Hmm.
3: It's
2: like, wow. <laughs> yeah. how, how much more rich could you possibly get yeah. in one... Christmas hymn, just sort of uh, encompassing all of who Christ, or most of who Christ was and came, you know, why he came, and it's just it's beautiful and rich, and I love it. I just love singing it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Yeah, As we've been examining these hymns, that that does seem to be a theme that's uh, emerging. That as, as we think about them, right, because like you said, uh, especially with a lot of these Christmas hymns, it can be easy to just sort of go into nostalgia mode and just be like, mm-hmm. oh, this what a nice little hymn this is. But in a lot of these hymns, you know, they they have events from the nativity, like the herald angels sing glory to the newborn king. So that's like, OK, Luke 2, where we're actually narrating these events, um, Of which is, I think, what most of us think about when we think about Christmas is these mm-hmm. events, the events of the nativity. But so many of these hymns then tie those events to, like, theological meaning, you know? And so, mild Mm -hmm. he lays his glory by is like, okay, now we're in Philippians 2. Exactly. You know, and there's—now the we're talking about the incarnation in general, you know, Mm -hmm. not just this event Mm -hmm. of Jesus' birth, but what does it mean that God has become human? Um, And then uh, a lot of times they end with, like, Christ risen and ascended and ruling and reigning over all things— uh, as well, which uh, again, I, I love being able to sort of hone in on the event, right, mm-hmm. Christ's birth, but then also being able to zoom out into like what this means uh, for us today, um, and I think that helps yeah. pull us out of uh, maybe just merely feeling sentimental or nostalgic uh, at the Christmas season, and really being able to rejoice in the incarnation.
2: Yeah, exactly. I love that that it has that zoom zoomed out kind of big picture. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, from from Christ's birth all the way to kind of this, yeah, um, final consummation yes. in there. So it's so yes. rich. Mm-hmm. Yes, wonderful. I love also the way that um, the the peanuts, um, Charlie Brown Christmas. Oh, <laughs> this is the song that they sing at the end of it. Um, and it's just, oh yeah,
3: yeah you yeah. know, the Charlie that.
2: Brown Christmas. It's such yeah. a. It's, I I think it's. Such a cultural um, icon, really, for right. for yeah. so many of us, and the way that they're able to show the gospel um, yeah. through this popular cartoon, and yeah. at the end they gather around and they sing, they sing this song, and yeah. so I just love yeah. that the gospel is going out, yeah, um, through that.
1: <laughs> That's that uh, is beautiful. Well, thanks for joining us today, Katie.
2: Sure, I'm, I'm. so glad to be here. Can um, can I just say something about the version of? Oh yeah, yeah, we're about the, to. Hear. Yeah, so the yeah. the, there's so many recordings, of course, of Hark the Herald Angel Sing mm-hmm. out there, and and trying to find the one that I felt would be best to share. I love the one that I ended up finding. It's mm-hmm. um, it's from, well, it's conducted by John Rutter, who is um a well-known English composer and conductor. Mm-hmm. But so for one thing, I chose a choral v- arrangement, a choral version, okay. as opposed to a soloist, um, because I, th- I I think that this is just one piece that is better sung by a choir mm. um, than an individual, because you're, it's talking about the choir of the heavenly host singing mm and the music that it's set to that Mendelssohn wrote that music was originally composed for a choir even yeah. though it wasn't composed for this text and mm-hmm. it, to me it just feels like of course it's fine for you know individual to sing it that's great there's lovely versions out there but i think you really get the full richness of the piece that's when good. you have a choir yeah. singing it yeah. um, and so the um the version that i chose it it's the it's the choir um and it is this version that is used and was um, the last verse, the third verse, has this lovely soprano descant, which oh, yeah. is like a higher line above the mm-hmm. choir. Mm-hmm. And it is um, something that was added in 1961 by the man, um, Sir David Wilcox, who was leading the choir of King's College in Cambridge oh, at the time. And okay. it became the recessional him for their yearly service of lessons and carols oh. so uh-huh. even today they still use this arrangement um, that david wilcox added with this little soprano desk can of the third verse yeah. and it has trumpets and it has a soprano desk can and it just really perfectly captures i think that mm-hmm. beautiful triumphant joyful sound that we Wonderful. you know that the text brings
1: Awesome. Well, now now I'm really looking forward to listening to it.
2: Okay, good. I hope you enjoy it. <laughs> yeah.
1: Listeners, I hope you enjoy this recording of Hark the Herald Angels Sing as well.
0: Again for listening to this episode of the C4SO podcast. We hope you enjoyed our conversation. Email us your thoughts and suggestions at connect at c4so.org.